0: Of marketing we're going to shift gears here a little bit both of you two coaches are on social media a lot just advocating and marketing your student athletes at your program so it goes into this question here what goes into marketing a student
1: athlete hmm. C- character man I think I mean I, I don't know I, I always I if if, if I'm pushing a kid to go to college um I look at them and I tell them I'm direct with them. Hey, if I'm a college coach at any college, I have a family. I got two kids. I got a wife. They get job. My wife will get a job. My kids got to enroll in school somewhere. If I'm going to recruit you, I'm going to recruit you as a player that's going to keep me my job. Um, So are you, am I at Alabama? Am I at Cal, San Jose State or UC Davis, Cal Poly? if you're not the size requirement that the other coaches in my head coach isn't looking for, then I may or may I probably won't be recruiting. Um, so I market guys and I'm honest with the guys first. And then I, I kind of throw a, a spill on these coaches. Like, Hey, these are my guys. I got a short center. I got a five, eight, five, nine center right now. He's a dog in the trenches. So if you don't mind those type of guys and come on. Um, but i let them know from the gate, like, cause you know, these guys I got a five, seven fullback right now. He's a monster. He's strong as hell, throwing up three plates, laying people flat on the ground. But he came in like coach, you what was it gonna take for me to get to San Jose State? I said, Man, it's gonna take a lot, but you know, um, I would look at some other options, explore some other options. Man, I don't want you to get your feelings hurt if it don't happen, because this is what these coaches are looking for. They looking for this ideal, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm honest with the players first. And then now i put together my prospects sheet a lot of coaches man i had coaches my first year there we weren't that good i think we went four and six out of that one in ten season my first year um but man i had in and out cards for them, uh, ten dollar in and out cards for these d1 coaches coming in d2 whatever i had a prospect sheet in the envelopes sealed with the address or their name their gpa sat the height weight um i had all of those things just ready to go because i know they touching a bunch of schools so I got that that digital file now. I'm blasting it to every – I'm adding um, schools that I never heard of in Timbuktu, Northwest, Montana, and these coaches are adding me back and I'm in their inbox, in their assistant coaches, Uh, what do you call them, intern or GA, O-line coach. Like I'm hitting these guys up, blasting it out, blasting it out. So that's why a lot of our guys got D3 offers. I mean, it's just because – uh, the, the networking and blasting out some of these schools um uh, the, the the prospect sheets but you know that, that they can be expensive at times um they also can be in the middle of nowhere so you know like I said I just want to give these kids opportunities and um at the end of the day it makes our program look like we're getting kids out which some of these Oakland parents that uh, most of the Oakland parents they want to see like they some of them just go to work or they kind of already hustling and they don't want to have to deal with all that. So, hey, let me get a coach that's pushing my son. So I just want the parents to know that I'm going to push your son if he's if he deserves, if he has the grades, if he's, if he's respectful, his character. Because I don't want to send him to Weber State and he's disrespecting their program and now they don't come back. And now that coach leaves and goes to Miami. And now Miami's never going to come to Skyline because he had his experience at Weber State. Those kids are trash. His network is he's going to spread. I don't know. I just – I got to let them know, too, like, hey, man, I got an African kid right now, Nigerian kid, awesome, could be awesome, uh, ability is off the charts, strong, 6'4", monster at O-line, man, and um, he's just aggressive, which, I, hey, if that's how – culturally, if that's how you were raised, man, good deal. Let's just funnel that somewhere. Let's funnel that. Like, you can be probably the best leader on this team with how you, you know, how you stand up and, and demand a room. But it's in the classroom and teachers are complaining. But, you know, I'm just trying to teach these kids that those are some of the things that universities, man, you, you can't go there. So that's, I guess it's my job, though. I got to build these guys up. And that's be one of those success stories that you love to tell if, the, if those guys work out. But um, character is big for me, man. I put that in every text message or, or message on a Twitter like, character's off the charts. Grades are here. He's going to graduate. You know, he's not going to come there and, and, and drop out or or be one of those academic uh issues you guys have to worry about. He's gonna go there, he's gonna be good in the classroom, he's gonna listen to I many coachable characters A one and he's gonna go hard. He got that Oakland grit, you know, naturally, that toughness that a lot of coaches are hitting me up about. Hey, I need one I need a I need a kid from the inner city, man. We're struggling with woof. so um I just put all I spill it all out, man. So that's the network and I kind of do. Then I put the pressure on, I don't want to talk forever on this topic, but I put the pressure on some schools. I, don't know, I put some stuff about Wisconsin and Whitewater uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the other day, man. And shit, I got like I got like 300 likes on that thing and people in Wisconsin retweeting it and talking what, and now I got the whole coaching staff in my inbox. Like, I'm like, damn. Um, and so I guess it works, man. So I just put some stuff out there and it get retweeted enough. And man, it's, it's been working for us. So um it's that, that's just kind of, that's kind of where I'm at, man. I I love it. The kids love it. It's what I need right now. I'm not a football factory like Matt Campbell said, but I'm, I hope to be a life factory. Um, you know, I, I want these kids to come out here and have life skill and I want to reel these kids in, the talented kids. I don't have the top players in Oakland coming to me right as of right now. Um, but, If we keep doing what we're doing, I'll have to have a tryout. (laughs) I'll have to have a tryout period just to, you know, get these kids in there. But, yep, that's how I'm marketing. That's how I'm networking, man. I want them to know that we care about them. Um, I want them to know we care about them getting to college. We care about them being successful in life. Uh, We care about them and their parents. Um, I didn't we didn't send out like 30 checks to parents, um, not football wise, but with um, the connections we have with the community in Oakland. My Skyline football parents are getting checks for due to pandemic to help on a bill. Um, I got a thing. Now, if you guys know anybody in East Bay, um, I can send you the link. Um, they can fill out every Monday and get a hundred dollar check just to help out if they're struggling with bills. So we're doing we're, we're connecting with family, alumni. Um, the universities, the kids, the teachers—like I just try to have that wraparound program, man, that, that, that can bridge any type of uh, adversity to some success. So, yep.
2: Yeah, social media is is huge, and 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 marketing, uh, the business side of football. I think the last time we talked about um, as a head coach, uh, as a coach in general, man, you when you first start, you're like, I gotta be this X and O structured guy and I have to win and and power is the greatest play ever designed or, you know, the RPO versus air raid guy. And that's all fine and dandy, but the business side of football, how are you taking and, and developing and not only utilizing those tools on how to be a good football player on the field, but what are you doing to, to market your kids? And I think Joe said it best, man, if you put a good product on the field, and you teach those kids those those life skills. When you put that stuff on your social media and, and for me, I do it because I wanna I want my kids to feel good. It's a confidence thing, right? You you put something of a Zach Mercado running, you know, a D line drill and you put, you know, you know, hashtag D P O Y, right? At at school, he hates when we call him that. He gets this like, Oh, gets all shy and stuff, you know, and he kind of puts his head down. We're like, here comes that defensive player of the year. Here comes a depoy. And, and all the kids are like, yeah, yeah, baby, it's depoy. And he's just like, Oh God, here we go. When we put that out on social media, his family, his friends, all those people, they, it becomes, it becomes something, kind of stands for something and it builds his more of his self-confidence. Um, <clears throat> and so that's why we do it. But, other people see that. Other families see that, and they start asking. Like Joe said, you you put a tweet out about something, you know, and next thing you know, you got guys in Florida. You got guys in. Uh, I got a lot of schools from um, like New Haven, Connecticut, um, all that that part of the world um, that I would have never ever talked to. Schools I had never heard of in my life um, that are are reaching out to you because they see it not only on Facebook they see it on the Twitter. My, my, other coaches, they do Instagram. So they put all that stuff on Instagram and, and they're just like, yo, what is that about? Who is this kid? And I get the feedback from parents that I see in the community. Cause I've been here for 17 years and I see folks. And when I go places, they're like, Hey, you look familiar. You, you that coach at Vacaville Christian, you know, Vacaville's big, but it's really not everybody. Everybody kind of knows each other here, um, which is good and bad, but, um, I'm like, yeah, you know, and I try not to be, I don't ever want to be disrespectful to anybody, you know? And so I'm like, yeah, it's nice to meet you. And sometimes in my head, I'm like, I don't know who the heck this person is or why they, you know what I mean? And they're like, Hey, love what you're doing. You know, my sister, mama, cousin, whatever, you know, I saw a a Facebook posts and that young man over there that y'all got is doing, you know, incredible things and keep doing what you're doing. And I'm just like, wow, you know, that would have never happened four or five years ago. And so, um, I know that if you just get on and you talk about your kids and you highlight their character that stuff sells. Unfortunately, you know, I hate talking about football and these kids' lives like a business, but it really is. And so that's how we market, man. And now all those other kids in the community were like they they might, you know, look at Johnny and be like, "Man, Johnny ain't crap." Man, I used to, you know, run that dude left, right in sixth, seventh grade. He's not a, he's not that boy. You know what? I'm gonna go over here to Vacaville Christian. I'm gonna get in this school because if this dude's balling over here, man, I'm, I'm gonna be the, the next D1. I'm, I'm, you know, Oregon bound. Here I come because this dude isn't, isn't what everybody says. And that creates that, that competitive culture. I've got a lot of freshmen that came in and. One because they've they've known about us and, and who we are and what we do, but because of that, hey, I saw, you know, I didn't know who Jeron Leaks was two years ago. But I know who he is now. And I've met him in the community, and I've seen him at these showcases, I've seen him at these camps, and he is who he says he is, and he is who y'all say he is. And so I came to this school because I want to be like him. And and what's so cool about that is The middle schoolers, when they come out, because they get out a little bit earlier than the the high school kids, and there's a small transit part where they can kind of walk and see each other, it's, it's almost like, I guess, how we would feel walking into a room, or how I would feel if I walked into a room and I saw Ray Lewis. I would probably fanboy and go crazy, right? Because it, here's this person that you've looked up to and idolized your whole life. And now he's right in front of you and you're like, oh, that's the that's the dude. That's where we're, we're starting to transition at with those seventh and eighth graders. And now as I'm walking through the, the parking lot and going to the room or, or walking over to the weight room uh, to start setting up workouts, um, you you hear those seventh and eighth graders saying, I can't wait to wear that number 21 jersey. I can't wait to wear that number, that number one jersey, or how many yards did Kendall Allen have receiving when I'm a freshman here, I'm going to break the the single season receiving record and, and, you know, like Kendall or whatever the case may be. And how, where do they see that one? They see it when the kids are walking by and they, you know, they're on the fence watching practice and all those kinds of things, but they see it on the social media. And if those sixth, seventh, and eighth graders are seeing it, you know, just like Joe said, now you're getting blown up in the inbox. Like, who's this kid? I just saw a video of this kid running. That kid looks like he's four, 4 forty. Is he really four forty? That kid is pretty big. Is he really 6'3"? And now you start having this conversation. It's, yeah, if you really want to know, boom, here's this prospect sheet. Do you have an email that I can send to you? You know, here's a couple other videos of, you know, him standing next to me doing a drill on 5'7", you know, whatever. So that way they can kind of relate um, and go, oh, okay, yeah, that's something that I want. That's something that I need. And, um, and just trying not to big time everybody I, I had a a buddy of mine that i coached with for a couple years and and something that i that always stuck with me you know uh he would always keep it real and he was just like he'd always tell us man you you too hollywood he would always tell the kids you too hollywood for me and i would always look at him like what the hell does that mean and so it's just like oh man like don't try to don't try to fake the funk and be something that you're not and so that's something that i was like you know what that's that's right and so i try to always not Hollywood, these coaches, and be like, look, and I tell my players, everybody wants to go to USC. Everybody wants to go to Oregon. Everybody wants to go to, you know, Alabama and and Clemson. But there's also Wisconsin Whitewater. There's also, you know, Pacific University. There's also Laverne. There's the phenomenal D3, NAIA, D2 schools that have a lot of D one type players that just couldn't make it on those 120, 150 man rosters. And now they got to fall back and go to a smaller school and you're over here thinking like, man, I ain't trying to mess with that. Then I'm too good for all that. Cause no. And then now I catch myself telling them, you're trying to Hollywood, these folks, it, it's not like that. And so educating them and and getting the, the coaches from those smaller schools to say, look, our, the character that we have, the culture of competitive excellence that we're, that we're instilling in these guys, the grades, all that kind of stuff. This is, this is who we are. This is our DNA. And and we showcase that and try to put out as much stuff as we possibly can. And then getting those kids to understand too, that, you know, it's about going to a four-year, getting your education or going to a JUCO, giving yourself another opportunity to go to a four-year. And, uh, and that's kind of how we've utilized social media and marketing our players to get them to understand that, it's, it's about getting the degree and doing something with your life when football is over because the game ends for all of us and you want to have something to be able to justify all the, the process that you trusted in for so long that for me, getting that degree is the culminating of you trusting the process. And where does that all start is marketing yourself in a positive light to get yourself out, to give yourself those opportunities to be successful in the future.
1: If I may add real quick, to the academic component. Uh, yep. Adding those grades, um, like, hey, we got uh, congratulations to, you know, the seven players that got a 4.0 this marking period, this semester. Um, and shout out to the other 20 that got over 3.0s. Like, that's huge. I know in the, in the East Bay, um, a lot of parents and a lot of kids are failing in Oakland, man. A lot of kids are failing. Darius Fondo, man, he, one of his mentors. Um, he's blowing me up like, "Hey, I'm trying to get my other the, the junior Oakland junior writers, man. We went to the championship and won all these games, man. But they all they all went over here, but man, they all failing over there. I'm trying to get them to come to your so like the the community is seeing like the impact because we're posting grades, we're posting our trips, we're posting our um successes. The Titan of the week, like which one I'm going to start in January. Titan of the week. Um, they're seeing all of these things." So now they're like, boom, oh, we got to get him over there. We got to get him over there because they're not, they're not, and nothing against a lot of these other coaches, man. I know in Oakland, they, social media might not be their thing. Uh, I know Coach Peters, he's rarely on there. I seen him post something the other day and I seen his name pop. I'm like, oh snap, I just seen a ghost, but he's not on social media. and am you know, he's not on there, um, but he has a coach that pushes it pretty hard. That Mac house football passes JV head coach, but, um Oakland High Castlemont has one but he's a, he doesn't really push his players as much more so his program um but the Castlemont has probably one of the top running backs class of 2022 in the whole Bay Area if not NorCal, man um that kid is uh, uh Josh Jones I, I can send y'all his highlight tape man you guys will be like what the hell is going on and they only won one game last year but he is a spark he was running stuff back on McClyman's last year left and right he couldn't score but you know, once he got tackled on kickoff and punts, um, the offense couldn't do anything with it. But that kid is special, man. That kid is – I mean, it's off—it's it's ridiculous. I mean, every school in Oakland has that one, but I think the probably the best player in Oakland uh, probably laying at Castlemont High School right now um, skill-wise. But, I mean, those titles, like I'm saying, they got talent here. But, fortunate enough, I connected with you guys, and we're kind of networking now, man, to try to get these kids some exposure with, like, this thing you guys you said you might be exposing soon um so hopefully we can get some of these bodies men out there for the coaches that's not on social media as much so we can help market
2: and then when you're talking to your players as well how much do you emphasize them using social media and branding and marketing themselves as well
1: it's constant, man. It's constant. Um, I matter of fact, you just reminded me I got to do it again this month, man. But um, I had a coach reach out and say, "Hey, I can't find him with his name on Instagram, and because his name was something different. Um, he had some crazy radical name. So, um, hey, we need to have our name. I had a play. I kind of screenshot Ian Perchlick's um his profile and said everybody needs to be just like this. So that's I modeled it for him. Um, liking. You know, I emphasize, hey, if you like this. I even see things I want to like on there that's either funny as hell or something. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Cause it'll pop up and, and show that I, I I like that. So I have to uh, remind them about that as well, that their, their image, their brand is on social media, um, you know, on the bus, you know what I mean? If they got a Titan pride shirt on and they're in there cussing and you know, a woman goes and, or a man or somebody just goes out and starts spreading rumors about our program, just on how they're branding us. But yeah, social media is huge. Um, they got all these spam pages now. Um, kids get spam pages, so they got their real page. They might have their football page, and then they got a spam page. So, I mean, I, 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 I can't stress it enough, especially our kids. We got, you know, kids are drifting now. I've had a couple of JV guys drift, and they got guns on the on their social medias and grades or nothing, um, you know what I mean? You can tell they just drifted all the way out. So, uh, But it's on social media, so now that's what they are. I mean, that's screenshot it, That's what's sent around um that's part of their identity now so now they have a responsibility to maintain it now they can't get in a fist fight anymore now they the guy that they're fighting assumes that they have a gun on them so they're gonna have their gun um so like those type of things trickle and i'm just that how we brand ourselves man is is extremely important man and um i try to push it once a month thank y'all for bringing that up because i I didn't i haven't reminded him in a while but uh, i need
2: to Yeah, we um, every <clears throat> right when we get going, whether it be if, if it was a normal season right after basketball, we kind of start going again December, January. Um, we go over everybody's social media profile. Um, and just like Joe said, we have a, a model like this is what it needs to look like your height, your weight, your huddle link, all that kind of stuff. So we talk about creating your business card and what does it mean when you retweet something or you like it or you share it, that's like you in the street handing out your business card and people coming back. And then, so we talk about that. And then we also talk about liking each or not liking each other, but following each other and the responsibility that comes with that as well. Because if I post something or whatnot and you follow me, it's going to pop up on your Twitter feed. It's going to pop up on your IG or whatever, your Facebook. And so the responsibility that mean that comes with, going through we scroll through in the classroom with the on the board we scroll through social media and we kind of do like a social media kind of classroom environment type of thing and we say this is this is what you're you want to represent and these are some pages that you don't want to represent and and you're a you're a a video away of someone watching you act a fool with your homies on the on the side where you think nobody is watching integrity doing what's right when nobody's watching um And then next thing you know that's on social media and everybody just hits the button and it's all over the place and and it just brings negative light. And so I also a lot of times I have to be at practice in uniform because I'm either getting ready to go to work because I'm on night shift right now. So I'm getting ready to go to work. And so I, I use myself as much as I can and say I wear a uniform and that has a complete carries a complete different message doesn't matter how you feel about the military, it carries a complete different message. So I said, I can't be out here, you know, can't be a, a an, an MF or coach to quote Mr. Bates over here, can't be a, that type of coach, because people see that and I'm in uniform, and they're going to correlate that with all the Air Force guys are all like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't need to put that stuff on there. Plus, a lot of people on my Facebook follow my Facebook, and I leave it open on purpose. So people can come and see what I'm about and what I'm talking about, who I am as a person. I don't do no private stuff because I want to be transparent as possible. But I also let them know, like, I have two daughters that I'm representing. I have a wife, I have, you know, family and friends and and a military culture. And there are so many different avenues that I'm representing. You can't be the reason why somebody looks at your mom in a negative light. You can't be the reason why someone speaks ill on your on your sister or your cousin or your brother or whatever. And for me, I don't ever want anybody to ever meet my daughter and say, yo, your dad was a a piece of, you know what, because of X, Y, Z. And, and so I utilize my personal experiences in, in marketing myself and the brand that I represent and i and i try to put it in their perspective and they go okay i get it and so then when the incoming guys come in the the eighth graders that are now going to be freshmen and we get those guys after graduate after in june whenever they graduate and they start coming to practice we do the same thing we sit down with them i talk with the parents we got to have a twitter i don't they don't need a twitter okay i understand that but let me explain to you from the business side of football here are the analytics here are you know, I give them examples. Let's follow Bryce Pasdell's, you know, Twitter page. Let's follow David Martinez, Zach Mercado, all these kinds of stuff. This is what it needs to look like. This is why we're using it. This is how we're gonna use it. And, and I, a lot of parents create their own accounts just to watch their kids. And that's fine, that's fine. And I said, you can go and follow us. I will tag you and stuff. I'll, you know, retweet. So that way you guys can see what's going on. And we get the kids to understand at a very young age, ninth grade, that, yeah, you might not be posting all kinds of bunch of crazy stuff, but sharing your brother's successes and and like with Jerron, right, the 2021s, the seniors, I tell them every single time, you have the biggest responsibility to your 2022s and 2023s. When they do something right and you put something out on social media, you need to co-sign on that because the folks that are looking at you are gonna be like, they're looking at your page every single day and you put something out about Kai Nunley, your brother who's a sophomore is gonna be an amazing big time recruit for us. Um, they're, they, they're gonna go out and they're gonna look at that because they, they're trying to recruit you. And so they start to see how much responsibility and how much of a hand they play in their brother's success. And so the younger guys, that are like, coach, I don't, I don't, I only IG, I don't want to do Twitter. I don't understand it. You don't have to understand it. I'm trying to tell you and teach you that this is a tool that we're utilizing. It's not the end all be all. It's just trying to give you another opportunity. And then once they get on, they create their profiles, they are seeing, we get to that transition part with like 2023s. right now, those guys are, we're starting in that next, next phase for them of your recruiting path. Um, Those guys now understand I have a little bit of steam I have a little bit of momentum, you know, except after September 1st college coaches can start reaching out to me and sending me correspondence and all that kind of stuff. They know that rule now because we've actively sat down and explained to them what social media plays a part in your recruiting and how marketing yourself is not only going to benefit you but it's going to benefit your teammates and your future. And so um that's kind of how we we do it from a, from a marketing standpoint.
0: And then Speak more about how much you guys talk about career building, career planning, and academics with your guys and how much you're just trying to help them figure out what they want to do with their careers beyond just when they play sports.
1: Um, Well, it's kind of part of my job. Um, My actual nine to five um, is to to, to pretty much focus on that um, with my football players and through the Living a Dream program at Youth Together. Um, So the DREAM program is career exploration, um, college readiness, I'm sorry, college access, life skills, and mentorship. Um, So we send out a form to everyone as part of your welcome um, or your new year deal on your career interest. Um, Then we have a breakdown of like 15 careers and what they do, what they are. Um, and then they kind of go from there. A lot of them want to be athletes or, or stay in athletics some type of way with coaching or, or training or something like that. But, um, so we discussed that a lot. Um, our other assistant coaches, um, they're, they they do not necessarily work for the district or anything. A lot of them work for different uh, companies, some tech, some industrial. Um, so we have um, a couple of our sponsors are actually some people that um, offer internships for our, our young men, um, AB and I foundry. Um, on Heggenberger near the Oakland Coliseum, um, you know, they help us out a lot. Um, they deal with um, recycling and and, um, and different different objects like that, I believe. So they, they're looking for, like, interns coming out of high school, interns coming out of high school and stuff like that and out of college. Um, so we have different different avenues for them, man, and um, different um, through the nonprofit as well. So we talk about career a lot, um, you know, Butte Junior College out past Sacramento, um, you know, their fire safety program, you can't really do it while you play football, but um, it's something if you don't progress to the to, to collegiate level or four year level, you can kind of transition into that trade or that, that, those classes. Um, so in Chabot College, a lot of these different colleges, we have access culinary programs. Um, we have the um, co- um, cosmetology program with barbering and stuff like that at Laney College. Um, so just letting them know that those things, those tools are around, um, they're around you. They're everywhere, um, and when we can let you know exactly what you need to do, we have contacts, direct contacts to these different people and um, opportunities. Um, and if they don't have, I reach out. Like you might see me put on Twitter or some or Instagram, like, "Hey, anybody know any 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 this or that?" Um, you know, and then that's when everybody, all the network tabs and coach might write someone there, send me a DM. Um, I had a dad hit me up. I don't even randomly. Hey, my son's a defensive coordinator over at blah blah blah. So. Twitter, and like you said, that social media is is crazy, man, um, but yeah, so I'm, I feel resourceful, man, I feel like um, I've earned the trust of a lot of people, I'm trying to maintain it the best I can, I know, I'm human, um, but you know, it, it's been a blessing for me to be able to bless some of these kids, and for them to, just to see them, um, you know, like Coach T said earlier, man, I, 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 I got a last name to kind of hold up on I know you got two daughters but you know I got a son too and a daughter and I want them to be proud of when I'm in the dirt six feet you know I want them to be able to uh, use my name and get perks you know what I mean? Oh, you coach Bates daughter son and you know that's my last my personal selfish side of me I just want to work hard enough to earn that respect to have my kids have a solid name to live through so um, yeah we have all of those uh, um, resources um, I kind of have to focus on that um, with my job but um, yeah, that's the access we have, man. Uh, the community colleges, man, I think they'll be flooded. I, I, I encourage, I ain't gonna lie, I encourage going away uh, in Oakland. If you're in Oakland, I, I went to San Jose State when Dick Tomey was there. I signed there out of Laney, um, and I couldn't do it, man. It was too far from home. I mean, it, it was too close to home, um, and I got distracted. And I was, a per se, a good kid. I was, I was, I mean, I'm not saying the kids are bad, it's just misguided, but I was a kid that didn't need, I wasn't in the drug game and holding guns everywhere and and trying to do that, but um, I just was distracted. Oakland is a bubble. Um, I would say a lot of the the cities in the Bay Area are bubbles, man. If we can't, it's hard. Once you're in that bubble, it's hard to get out, but once you're out, you can see everything inside of that bubble and say, you know what, I'm going to jump back in this bubble with some power. So I I, um, I encourage them to go out, even if it's to Butte or even if it's to West Hills, somewhere that has dorms that they can kind of feel that college feel and be close enough to home, but far too far to kind of just jump in and, and get there. Um, but, you know, I encourage it, but I respect if they need to. It's just person by person, man, like Darius, man, he, he got to go to junior college, but you know, he may need to stay close. Um, I love San Mateo. I love, I love what San Mateo's doing, man. It's the, the mindset of like the, the coaches we talked about, man, family over any, everything, man, just, they, they have fun. Um, one of my guys went there and he loved it, man. He came from Oakland every day. He drove out there, but, um, I love what San Mateo does, man. Football is secondary, but they win like, a, like they win, like they, you know, championships left and right, but it's, based off that brotherhood building that they have instilled and the kids come back, man, Kids, they had universities, uh, what, uh, Iowa States and the big ACC schools and they're still putting bleed blue in their captions. Like, uh, they're not even putting the schools they're at and they're at these big old schools. You know what I mean? So that's something to say about them. So academics, I push that type of deal, get away, get out of this bubble, challenge yourself to be a man that train, you know, you know, don't be quick to call mom, figure it out. Don't be quick to call dad, figure it out, work, try to figure it out. Also, if you need help, reach out. But at the same time, I think this generation has so many resources, man, where they can, they just give up and like, oh, I can call coach Bates. Oh, I can call my mom or I can call coach T. Um, It's just so many resources to where when adversity hits, when they get a little older, it's it's harder to transition um, because they're so used to everyone kind of having something for them. Um, which is good, in a sense, but at the same time, as a man, as we all know, there's times where we have to figure it out, and there's no one there to kind of guide us through um, how we personally need it to, need it to be done. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I was a long way to answer that question, but yeah, we have, we, we, we offer those things, we talk about it a lot, it's part of our group chats, my morning motivation, quote, it's always something around getting up and getting your schoolwork done, being the best kid you can be around your parents, um, or your guardians, whoever you're living with, um, surprise them and wash the dishes early in the morning, take the trash out, um, you know, wash the car when you're bored or something, do something that they don't expect you to do. Um, So, yep, that's pretty much what we got going on.
2: Yeah, for us, um, same concept with that that motivation tweet or or motivation uh, text message and all that kind of stuff to get out to our kids to kind of get them uh, motivated or inspired to do something out of the ordinary and, and something that's going to last uh, a lastable impression on, on somebody, whether it be your, your family at home or, or maybe a coach or, or a significant other or what have you um, to just, just, we do that, that same kind of stuff every single day. Um, as far as football after, uh, or I'm sorry, life after football and and marketing yourself and getting yourself ready for all that kind of stuff, probably there's two two things that we've now worked on doing that I think are going to be complete game changers for our kids' lives after football and after school. The first one was bringing in Cassie Taylor. I know you guys did a podcast uh, with her, our academic advisor. Um, She is probably, and we try to do everything in our power to let her know this every day, she makes us elite. It's not about X's and O's. It's not about the 415 pound deadlift and all that kind of stuff that that we as coaches try to help do, that's part of it. She is that glue that is going to change these young men's lives and significantly impact it for years to come. Because when we took over, we implemented a study hall and they were like, why am I I've been at school all day? What do you mean I got to come in here and, and do a study hall for an hour? You, what wait, why it was football? No. We have, we have work to still do, and we're going to take care of your academics and we're going to follow your progression every single week and we're going to have a, a, a GPA of the week and all that kind of stuff. And, and so when we started doing those small things, we went from two fives, three ones, to now three, three O's, three ones is like the starting point. And now we got guys with three nine twos, four twos. 385, and what was the difference bringing in Cassie and having her bring her experience and those resources that Joe's talking about. She knows a lot of folks in the education game and she's been around the block with working with Kenyon over at Keiichi Training, working with Mori Suisu over at, at uh, um, um, working with um, TMP and all, and all those different folks that she's worked with. Um, she knows who's doing what, who's got those businesses, who's got those internships, who's got uh, maybe those smaller schools that have uh, you know um, a special parks and recreation program in in Wyoming. Seeing that she's from Casper, Wyoming, she went to Utah. You know those those smaller areas that not too many people talk about. She's got ends there, and she is helping our kids understand that you might not be a top football player or or you're gonna go to, you know, the University of Oklahoma to do, you know, whatever for athletics, but here's how I'm gonna guide you academically. And this is what you like to do. And here's the schools and here's the people I know at those schools and admissions or whatever that I can help guide you to these programs because we're looking at setting you up for the next 40 years of your life. So she makes us elite from that standpoint because now we're talking about getting you ready for life after football. And we're talking to it about with 14, 15 and 16 year olds and stuff. Cause they do that in college. I get it. Urban Meyer has real life Wednesdays. They bring in these corporate corporations and, and teach them and, and, and network them. So that way when they're done, if they don't go to the league, they got jobs at Google and Facebook and all these big things, right? We're trying to do that now. We're trying to do that now. And Cassie is that, that glue. That's going to take us into that future with our kids, and she's transitioned uh, academically. This is the best academic team we've ever had in my 15 years of coaching, and it's it's her it's her and her dedication and her assistance to to focusing on the kids' academic success. And then the second part, I'll get off because I don't want to get long-winded. Um, we're now working with um, Solano Community College. Uh, Kevin Marks, um, he is the head of human performance um, of and uh, psychology at Solana Community College was a defensive coordinator at Solana Community way back in the day um, when they had a football program. And um, we used to talk and rap. I used to see him out um, recruiting and stuff like that when I was at Vanden. And, and now he's a professor there. And uh, I saw him on Twitter. There we go. Social media talking about working with athletic programs to build their, their performance, but their mental health. And so I said, I reached out to him and I said, hey, have you ever thought about doing this at the high school level? Because I know when I went on a couple recruiting visits with uh, my old players, we went up to Oregon, there's a lot of colleges that have like mental health like stations where when you when you're not feeling right, you can go and check in and talk with, you know, some type of counselor or whatever, and you ain't got to pay for it, you know, and all that kind of thing to kind of help keep you your head together. Right. And so in this day and age, man, we're seeing mental health just all over the place with these kids in this COVID world that we're living in. Right. And so, and nobody's talking about it. We're seeing kids commit suicide because they're just detached from, from their friends and their families. And they're, you know, trying to uh, learn on a, on a computer screen. And it's crazy, right? We all see it. We, I think it's a huge topic to, to talk about, but I understand that. And so I saw what Kevin was doing and I'm like, I want, we need to bring. I have a psychology background. That's where my bachelor's degree is in. And, and I utilize all those things that I've learned over the years on, on how to understand human behavior and why we do. And I said, sports psychology, that is a growing industry. I need to bring that to our kids. And, and so we sat down, he and I had a zoom call. I listened to kind of how he, what teams he works with and focusing on human performance and the mental strength and the building to prepare you for, all the things that come with being a student athlete. And so I'm proud to say that in January, right after these holidays, we're about to start doing these training sessions that he does with these uh, profile programs and and stuff that he teaches there. And we're gonna be doing that and and bringing that resource to our athletes. So not only can we start uh, working on the physical, the academic standpoint, but now we're gonna start tapping in to the sports psychology of getting you prepared mentally to challenge and work through life every single day's problems. He's gonna help us. I think that is the, the last nail in the coffin for me as a head coach of trying to create an elite culture and trying to create something that we can sustain and continue to provide consistency to our kids and to our families. And I want them to be mentally strong just as much as I want them to be academically strong and physically strong. And so working with Kevin, um, and starting to do in those seminars and bringing that on here in January, I think is going to be huge for us. Um, and I just geek out when it comes to like leadership and human performance and behavior. as I nerd out when it comes to that stuff. So I'm really excited about working with him and seeing what it takes our, our, our program. And then Cassie Taylor and the academic side of stuff, getting u- utilizing her resources to start helping our kids get out. If football is not their thing and they want to go into the, to the industry, she will have them prepared to be able to do that. So those are the things that we're doing. And then you guys talked about motivation as well, sending your kids texts in the group chats, and also talked about the mental health part of it. How do you guys keep these guys motivated and try and keep their mental health in good shape in terms of going through this pandemic and not being able to see everyone going through Zooms, getting kicked out of parks and stuff like that? Tell them that I love them every single day. How do you how do you spell love? T I M E. I listened to a podcast from Urban Meyer, and it almost brought me to tears. Um, if you can get these kids to understand that I need you more than you need me, I had a player last year when we that last game we lost uh before the, the uh, section final game um he was crying balling on the sideline I don't want to embarrass him so I'm not going to say his name because I know he's going to watch this podcast but uh crying balling out kids got two years of 100 plus tackles played multiple positions super athletic and he's balling and I'm like what yeah I get it you're hurting I understand we're all upset we lost but what are you crying about? And he, I mean, just he just heaving and just not coming out. And I'm like some crazy stuff. And I'm like, what what are you crying about? What's wrong? And he said, you know, I, I feel like I let you down. And I was like, man, this can go so many different ways. And so I said, you know what? You didn't let me down. I'm more proud of you than I've ever been of, of anything right now at this time in my life, because this is where you came from. This is what you did. Nobody knows who you are right now, but I promise you, I will do everything in my power to make sure that everybody knows your name because you have transitioned. You have set yourself up for success. You're a vital member of this team, and I love you. And I want you to be the best version that you could possibly be. And you are probably going to go down as one of the greatest strong safeties I have ever coached. And he lit up and he stopped doing the sniveling and stuff. Three days later, I get a message from him on Twitter. He DMs me, and he said, "Coach, I just want to let you know. No one has ever told me that before. No one has ever told me that I'm special, and that I am impacting their lives. Um, I I appreciate you. I'm I'm ready to take that next step, and I wanna I wanna do everything in my power to not only make myself better, but I wanna make my teammates better for the love of brother." Um, and I want to thank you for, for, for telling me that I've never heard that before. And that, man, I was it it impacted me so much because we as coaches, I think sometimes we forget that what we say and what we do drastically impacts their lives significantly. And sometimes because you know, parents are working or you know, whatever the situation at home, they're not getting that at home. And so what I try to do every single day as part of a motivation but because i actually i really believe it and 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 live by it is i tell them every single day yes you know i love you and i and i care about you and y'all might think you need coach t and you might think that you need football to help you as a platform to get be successful and go somewhere but i'm telling you right now you guys are my therapy and i need you more than anything else in this world um you guys are my kids and i want to see you be successful and so um, thank you for, for coming to practice and doing what you do and being a part of my life and my kids, because my daughter goes to school there and she's around and they see her and she's got her favorite player. And on Friday nights, she wants to wear her jersey and she knows them all. But they're like, they're like uh, celebrities to her. And so um, for me, well, for us, um, that's a, a huge motivational factor. I look them in the eye, tell them when they say, hey, Coach T, yes, sir. How can I help you? What do you need? You know, they ask me a question. You know, I I don't what what's up, dog. Yeah, yeah, we'll mess around like that, and you know, in between water breaks or whatever. But I, I look them in the eye, and I I give them the same respect that that they give me, and I think that enough is motivation for them. On top of everything else that we've talked about today, being relatable to them, giving them some form of autonomy, and and um, ownership of what they're doing, just treating them as a person, and telling them I love you. And it's not about, I'm not going to get no $150 million signing bonus. This ain't Alabama. Um, I need you more than you need me. And one day, at some point in your life, you're going to realize how valuable and and impacting you are in my life and my kid's life. And I appreciate you. And I I got guys coming back. Javen, I'm wearing his jersey right now, right? I got his jersey, Oakland Raiders. I talk to that kid all the time on the, when he was at UNLV, I've got pictures of him holding Annalise from, from birth all the way up. And, you know, every time he comes, she's going to turn six years old next week. And I've got photos of that process. Why? He's at UNLV plays for the Raiders. What does coach T have anything to do with his life? We, we, that's, that started his eighth grade, ninth grade year. And we created that relationship. And now you know, it's, it's a love, it's a love and it's a respect and a lifetime a relationship that we'll always have. And he plays a role in my daughter's life and in my life every single day. And that was a part of motivation for him, a motivation for me as a coach that no matter how bad of a day I was having, I had to turn it up and I had to bring the juice every single day. Cause I knew folks like Javen were dependent on me. And so that's really now what I use as, as motivation for them to, to continue to push, uh, through,
1: I think in our, in our program, um, uh, some things that we use to motivate is uh, uh, Coach hit it on a nail. Coach T hit it on a nail, man. It's just love. Um, you got to cons- consistently love on these kids because uh, a lot of them aren't getting it at home. Um, so, you know, you're that consistent measure. Um, a lot of these African-American kids that we uh, – a lot of the ones that we deal with, and some of the non-African-American kids, um, trust and love and, and, and loyalty. Um, You see a lot of loyalty thrown around. A lot of these kids, loyalty, a lot of them are African-American, loyalty. And it's because of the, it's it's just not to take it there, but systemic things that, you know, from back in slavery days, you know what I mean? The the loyalty and trust was broken so much um, that, you know, it's instilled in us, you know what I mean? So we have expectations of that. And when it's broken, it's enemies now. Now you're enemies. So as long as we're able to maintain that loyalty and that trust and that love, then, man, it's, it's, it's a lifetime if you're able to maintain it. The hardest part is maintaining it. Um, some even take it to the point where, you know, you get married and a girlfriend, and you don't mess with me no more, man, you, you gotta, and that's how, that's how delicate it is. Like, if you disengage a little bit because, Friends getting in relationships and things like that, like you know, it gets touchy for some kids. But you know, that's one thing, man. And another thing is, is um, I try to keep it. I try to keep the juice in the program, man. I try to keep uh, photo shoots. I know I posted a bunch of pictures of, of my boys went to a photo shoot with all the jersey combinations. Um, a lot of the kids, like even the Latin American kids and African American, there's a lot of colors in that culture, um, uh, from Africa, even from the roots or Mexico or or wherever we're from. You know, to uh, uh, Guatemala. Um, a lot of colors so just bringing the roots out of it because we're African born African American most of us have some born in Mexico raised in Mexico but um, at the end of the day it's instilled so deep into us you know what I mean that it, it it's there so we can't avoid it like so the uniform selections they love the color they love the, the music at practice they love it it's just it brings something home to them that they probably didn't tap into but it's deep inside so just trying to keep the energy, the uniforms drop in, like, I didn't even show them a uniform set we have yet, I'm waiting for, for <laughs> the pan, if the pandemic got worse, and the news got worse, then I'll hit them with a uniform combination, just to say, hey, when we come back, we coming clean, like, you know, I just got to keep stuff in my back pocket for them, or if nothing's there, then, hey, y'all, what y'all think about if I order the team knees, or, you know, it could be some, and some wristbands, or something hella cheap, but, you know, I, I just try to keep, Things like that. Last year, every single day I had to motivate them after practice. Every single day. It was not a day that I had to pull something out of my butt sometimes. Like, hey, um, you know, y'all seen a newspaper ad that said that, you know, uh, Skyline was, you know, not intended on or getting to the Silver Bowl this year. Or I, sometimes I'll just pull up some old from 1990-something, like Skyline, uh, this, this, and that. Just to motivate them on something, man, and um, because they need it. They need it. They've expressed the need for motivation, daily motivation. So I have to deliver some type of way. But um, that's pretty much where it stands with uniform combinations, loving on them every day, just telling them I appreciate y'all for this or, you know, that type of deal. So that's pretty much that, man. It's not too much um, and, you know, nothing too irregular, but um, that's pretty much it.
0: We've also seen in recent news, too, I know Humboldt State cut its program recently. Now Azusa Pacific just announced this, I think, yesterday as well. Cutting their program was the last Division II in California, and now that program is about to be gone. What kind of challenges does this create with recruiting for some guys in the area when some of these local schools are now gone at some of these other levels, and how do we all work together as coaches, as communities to kind of combat this challenge and still get our kids
1: out there? alarming man because i think that um you know junior college will be flooded this year i think um, just flooded man and the local ones at least um with with guys um lincoln university in oakland that's a new naia qualifier type of school um that they're trying to but they got to get 150 uh, applicants accepted before the end of january um so if that doesn't happen that program won't happen um so you're adding one and, and you subtracted one but you're adding one but potentially not um so it is a challenge it is a challenge as as The pacific that was more uh, i think traditionally when i had interactions they needed 3.0 and above students so um i had to be kind of picky on um who they you know looked at on my roster those kids that did have the size and ability and grades but um it is unfortunate though because it's another option that's gone um i think going forward um it was thin anyway i don't understand why they don't bring back Cal State Hayward, why they don't bring back uh, Pacific and and, and Stockton. Um, But I I understand it's a financial deal, but I don't understand how they can't benefit from a football program, especially now when they're limited. San Francisco State, Santa Clara University that had those football programs in the past, um, how ticket sales, how enrollment can go up, how you can, you know, if you get the right coach in there, if you put Alonzo Carter at San Francisco State right now, he will increase enrollment. I I would say whatever they need to meet whatever number they need to meet it will get exceeded um guaranteed um so if you get the right people in these seats man these programs that have been out that have these damn stadiums that's just sitting with tumbleweeds rolling in them um, they need to they need to reinvent the wheel man figure something out like Lincoln's trying to do it in Oakland they're trying to do it but you know uh, we'll see. You know, they don't know where they're playing at. They don't know. I don't even know if they know if they're practicing that, or you know, where all these kids are gonna sleep at. But you know, some of these schools already have those resources. I think they need to bring. some, we need to figure something out. Put sit in these seats and say, hey, if you get the right people in these seats, man, let's reinvent these programs and let's get your enrollment up. Let's get more money into the program. Let's get some. You know, that'll boost the community morale a little bit more. Give the kids in the community something more, something to do visiting these games. Um, and man, I, I, I think it's a home run, but I don't, I, I mean, obviously I'm just a pea in a, in a, in a, large gumbo pot, but you know, we'll see.
2: Yeah, I agree with everything Joe's talking about. Um, I don't get why all these, these schools left, man. And it was a tough blow. I was at work last night and one of my coaches sent me the screenshot from Twitter and said, you know, Azusa Pacific is, is done. And I instantly thought about Michael Walker. And, you know, Michael Walker was a standout here at, at Vacaville high school. Um, I coached him his, uh, when he was 12 years old on our junior midget team. And then he ended up going to Vaca high and did, you know, big things, but he got recruited playing in our, uh, Bay area all-star classic. Um, and Azusa Pacific was in attendance, <clears throat> saw him, came down, offered him on the spot in that, that, uh, senior bowl game. Um, and that's where he started and he led the d2 in tackles as a freshman i think he that year at linebacker they had him playing he he had like 120 something tackles um and what's what's cool about that is those azusa pacific much like a lot of d2 schools that i've talked to and dealt with in the past it, you know they always tell me hey you bring in this kid we, we bring in one of your kids we think he's got d1 potential we're going to do everything in our power you know to help him go to a bigger school if he if he so desires you know what i'm saying we're not going to hold these kids back and so they were they're like that right they have huge ties huge ties with fresno state and for michael it worked out because he balled out at azusa pacific uh got on the radars and those coaches helped push him um and and now and then he went to fresno state right and that was a huge life-changing thing for his family because now he's you know Went to the second or third round to the Atlanta Falcons, highest graded uh, linebacker uh, for rookies. Um, he's balling out, um, but his dad played there, and that was a significant impact losing his father. You know, when he was younger, and, and his dad played there, and so Fresno State, it was like the culmination right of everything that happened in his life. You know, coming to fruition. Um, but how did he get there? Um, Azusa Pacific, right? They helped him get to that point. And he's just a good person in general. Great, great family. But these small schools, like we're talking about, they might have, we're losing that opportunity now for a guy like Michael Walker to be able to, to hit his path to get on. And so I think it's very important. Um, And this is the thing that I have a hard time. I don't know if Joe deals with this, but I know a, a couple other buddies of mine that are head coaches in different areas of California have these issues, but my biggest problem is coaches need to take the egos out of coaching because in my in my experience, there's a lot of dudes that hate on Coach Bates because he might they, they might lose some kids that potentially go to their school because they believe in what Joe's selling. Why? Here's what we one my my answer to that my own question is you need to do a better job of taking care of your kids so that way they don't ever want to leave you. That's first and foremost, but two, I think what we're doing right now is, is a, a, a bridging to that gap. We as coaches, as leaders, as mentors should be helping each other and working together to try to get our kids out as best as we can. And not just being like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to see Darius Fontenot, you know, get recruited and go to no school. You know, I want everybody to just be on Zach and take Zach because if, if Darius gets out, then they're going to see all of, you know, those monsters that Joe has on offensive line and defensive line. They're never going to come back to Vacaville Christian. That would be selfish of me, but what I should do. And what I do do is if a school's talking to me about another ath about one of my athletes and they say, is there anybody else in the area that I don't know about? Absolutely, this is Coach Bates's page. This is his athletes. I have seen them firsthand at the showcases and camps that we've been doing. This kid's the real deal. Jump on the hype train. You need to get this kid here. You can get in contact with him here. And so I think that this, this, I guess, revolution, I think what you guys are doing is, is huge because you're bringing all of us smaller school or maybe just not powerhouse schools yet you're, you're bringing our names to light and what we're doing and our messages and you're bringing people together like, you know, Joe and myself and Dion Evans. I know we rap a lot on, on Twitter and stuff like that. And these other smaller schools from all across the state and country are following us and we're having conversations and we're trying to help each other help our kids. And what does that mean? All those other schools that are in South Carolina and, and, and Panhandle of Florida and, and Maryland, you know, those high school coaches are saying, Hey, you're recruiting my kids, but there's a small town in Vacaville in California named Vacaville. There's a small, small school that you might've heard of skyline in Oakland. I talked to these two coaches, look at what they're doing. You might want to come and look at these guys's, these guys's programs and their kids. And now we're shipping dudes from the West coast to the East coast. Yeah. We kind of selfishly want to keep our kids here. Right. Because, you know, the West coast is the best coast kind of thing, you know, and we want to get down with all that, but Um, I think that we need to continue as coaches to work with each other and help each other because we're combating these schools falling apart and leaving. And, and, and now what do we have? San Jose State, Sac State, UC Davis, great schools, great program, love what coach Carter and, and coach Taylor and, and, and Hawkins are doing at those programs, but losing those other schools, man, all those kids need a home. Where are all those Azusa Pacific kids going to go? they're going to try to flee the state and if i'm sac state and uc davis and san jose state i'm stuck because i can't give out all the scholarships that i want to because of this COVID thing that we're in right and the transfer portal is huge now and it's just crazy and so all these jc's are going to get flooded and it's just gonna we're gonna see this backlog of of these kids that could have potentially got recruited being log because you know we're we're losing this stuff so I think that we, as as high school coaches, are at a new position, where I think the impact was at the collegiate level that these coaches could, you know, co- create these coalitions to start helping uh, college coaches, helping college coaches get their kids and programs, you know, to the league and, and get them. But I think now we're we are at a, a, a changing of the guard where I think high school coaches need to come together and work as one to help get our kids out, create these coalitions to spread our kids and give them a better opportunity because you know things around us are falling apart. Um, and now we have to work harder than ever to make sure that those kids can still get out and get those educational opportunities that are now leaving them, um, at least in this state. So I think that's where we need to go as a, as a group as a whole. And then there was other breaking news this week as well. The CIF, CIF guidelines came out uh, what sports can be played and what tiers. What did those guidelines tell you and show you?
1: It's – uh those tiers, man, I mean, obviously we fell into one of the later tiers, I think the second to last tier um, with, I think, cross-country swimming and, and a couple other ones landing before us. But uh, that showed us that, I don't know, everyone's gonna take it different. Like I was on a meeting last night with the 49ers and the leadership council and stuff, high school leadership council with Coach Walsh at Sarah and Coach uh, Machado, I believe at uh, Valley Christian and I think seven, eight other coaches, but um, they were talking about, they want to, uh, they're trying to push the state into allowing football in the red. Um, So that's the next effort from the ground. Um, is putting the pressure on the state to allow football in the red um, using statistics um, from Georgia from you know and and pulling all the way closer to California with Arizona, Colorado, Utah um, some of their statistics and stuff like that um, and saying hey they played in red in our version of red and um, these were their statistics. Um, Also some other things came out um, where you know a school uh I don't know if it was Clovis. It was another, it was a school. I forget the coach's name. Um, but he, uh, he was, he said that the city or he had a good relationship with hospitals. So where the hospitals would provide some interns to help out with practice to ensure things were kind of running smoothly. So, um, we kind of asked the 49ers for assistance with that. Um, you know, but it it was a little bit too expensive. They didn't want us in their their pocket as much, but the tiers are, um, definitely something that you know I'm kind of I feel like with the vaccine hitting even though they're not dropping it to everyone and kind of the first responders and stuff like that are getting it but um, I'm I feel like the numbers will uh, go down because me honestly I don't think we'll be able to play a game till mid-March if thing in a perfect world Um, so I'm guessing by mid-March we may have that orange tier um, in Alameda County to play a game so I don't my expectations are low um to be honest i don't we're not going to play in january obviously it's stated february we're not going to play in february in oakland at least because our section commissioner saying he needs us to have at least one month of activity practice and pads and um all that type of stuff so um if we get cleared february 8th we're not going to be able to play a game till march sometime anyway so i feel kind of semi-confident that we'll be in orange by then um in the oaklands or, or in alameda county but we'll see man i i I, I'm, I'm kind of on the, on the fence. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, expect, I have no expectations. I just want our seniors to be able to play some games and um, get some film um, and just enjoy, man, just to be able to leave a legacy, leave something behind. I just want those seniors on the field. If it's for two games or three games, even one, give us something.
2: Yeah. I'm in the same boat uh, with Joe. I, I, mean, you look at those uh, tears and, and you go, man, uh, so many other states have done it i'm i'm in the same conversations and same meetings like meetings that joe's talking about working with different organizations on on trying to find different ways to to get our kids ready and give them an opportunity to to be successful and get the film and get the games and all that kind of stuff and what i told my kids yesterday is um you got to control the things that you can control um and you can't continue to to turn on the tv and and look at the media and, and, and cause that's just going to scare you all the time. Um, what we need to do is, is to prepare yourself, continue to prepare in the weight room, continue to prepare yourself, um, academically for the opportunity. Um, and if you, uh, you know, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. And so, um, we just need a couple games. They know that they're ready for that. Um, when our time comes and it's ready to put the pads on, we'll be ready to go. Um, there's really nothing that we can do about that. Yeah, I get it. We're, we're working on trying to get us to to change the tier so that way we can work in, in red and all that kind of stuff, which there's a lot of bureaucratic stuff, right. That that's going to come into play. And so we're working through all those different types of channels and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, we as coaches have a responsibility to help each other and promote our kids, not just our own, but others. Um, And it's like, well, my staff, the, the message for us now is uh, we got to get three. I don't care how they come or when they come. We need three because there's some kids that just need three games of film for somebody to to be like, okay, he is who he is. And here we go. We can give them that money that, you know, we want to give them. And then for our 2022s and 2023s, it's just momentum going into their senior season. So however we can get it, um, it's my staff and my, responsibility to, to do that. And we're going to do everything in our power to, to provide that for them in a healthy uh, way. Um, and so again, my only message out of this is control what you can control. And you know, if you, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready and we'll see what happens.
0: And then last thing we've got for you guys before we wrap up this podcast is how important are sports to a kid's life and to someone's life and what
1: have sports meant to you guys? Uh, it's extremely important, man. I always pitch that game. Like everybody wants to be part of something. Um, a lot of men especially want to be part of young men want to be part of something. You, you got a couple options. You can uh, join a sport, join a club, join a gang, join the military, join a fraternity, join a sorority as a young woman, um, you join something. Um, And a lot of people come to sports way and it's up to the coach and the staff and the culture to hold that attention um you see a lot of kids oh I tried it I didn't like it. I got a lot of tried it kids um I had some tried kids when I first started my first year in uh, 2016 and they didn't like I just didn't I didn't have all my pieces together um then I had some first time kids last year man and parents weren't cool with it really they were like ah maybe man a kid was like oh, I'll try it now they love it now they love it so I feel like something's going good that's like what you want to get out of it so Sports are extremely important, man. It can shape a man. It can shape a young man um, into, you know, uh, we always talk about discipline, respect, work ethic, um, you know, being responsible. i seen Coach Latiker. I got the name now. I need, I just needed one time. Latiker, Latiker. i seen him say in an article one time, uh, I'm, I'm responsible for grooming young men. Uh, 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 what is it? Responsible young men when they transition out of his program. So he don't care about the wins and losses. He you don't, know, yeah, he won the, you know record number of games, but he wants uh, to groom dependable young men. That's what he said. I want to groom dependable men. Um, so that's kind of um, what sports can do for us. I think while I'm tripping on my senior year, and I put something out there earlier, my, my last point on this is my senior year meant the world to me. My senior year is why I'm sitting here today. My senior year is why I got a jersey hanging up behind me. My senior year is why I got, you know, job, how I got jobs, um, paying an X amount of my life. My senior year meant everything to me. Junior year, I was a nobody. Um, I started for Coach Beam at safety. I worked my way out of the starting lineup. Um, got injuries. I was a nobody going to senior year. Not on one recruiting list. Um, went into the Nick Saban uh, LSU camp. They had just won a national championship versus, uh, I think they shared it with LSU or USC that year. Um And it it just sparked from there. Eight interceptions senior year, touchdown. I didn't play a lick of offense, six-foot-two corner. Um, You know what I mean? I made plays, made plays, big hitter. Um, But what would I I have been if I didn't have my senior year? Um, I didn't have all of these skills. I didn't have my parents pushing me to college. I I didn't have none of that. I was kind of on my own with with my future. So – senior year is everything, sports was everything to me. Um, got me a degree for free, um, you know, got me to experience out of state and meet people from Florida, Ohio, Cincinnati, big time programs at Glen, uh, Glenview and, and, and Ted Ginn University type deal. And uh, I just met people from everywhere, NFL players, I played, college. it's all happened off my senior year in sports and relationships and brotherhoods that i depended on. I got a job in Florida uh, paying an X amount of money and I was end up being a warden at a, a juvenile uh, a correctional facility simply because of sports, uh, my relationship with the guy that was a regional director, simply. Um, so the importance of this 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 sports not team but program is is extremely essential to a young man and his development, especially. It, it, and I had a little support with parents, you know, they supported me a little bit and, and, you know, I didn't have the grandest of support and I didn't have dirt support, but some of these kids got dirt support and it can be, it can be a game changer. Some of these one of the coaches said last night, um, you know, this opportunity that's taken right now is, an opportunity that could have changed the whole family. Like, you know, they got kids right now that could have got four ride scholarships, that family, not a lick person in that family went to college. Or he could have been first generation that was getting this deal after this year. Now this was t- taken from him. So So, um, you know, these are game-changing deals. I mean, we got academics, yeah, boom. But, you know, I wouldn't have went nowhere big off of my academics at 2.3, 2.4 out of high school. Um, so, you know, sports brought me that gave me that second chance. As Soon as I hit college, I was 3.4, 3.5, but who would have judged? Everyone judged me off that 2.4, but somebody gave me that opportunity to change that dynamic. So sports was everything for me, everything. And it was more so the program, sports program and sports, the mentality that sports shaped into my, my brain with the work ethic, respect, discipline, and things like that that allowed me to be a man that I am today.
2: Yeah. Sports is, is huge. It's been every, I mean, I'm a high school football coach now and aspire to be a, a college coach, you know, someday when the time is right and I get my opportunity. Um, but until then, uh, you know, stay ready and, and get ready and all those kinds of things, but it shaped who I am. And, and uh, you know, I had this conversation last night with one of the guys that I work with. The military is easy. And, and what I mean by that, I don't want people to take that out of context is you got to show up on time. You got to do the right thing when nobody's watching um, and, and and do your training and, and be you know prepared at, at your job, be good at your job. Um, there are some folks that are outstanding at it. And there are some people that are terrible at it. But if you just do those three things, show up, show up to work on time, do your job and do your training and stay prepared to meet your nation's call. You can have a 20, 30 year career in the military. What's significant about that is it's hard (laughs) for a lot of guys coming in the military to make it out of their four or six year term because they didn't have the discipline or they don't have the discipline. They don't have the mental fortitude or they're not, they're not very good at dealing with adversity. What's been made me successful in the military, and I've had a great career here towards it, you know, in the last 18 years, I'm going to finish it out, is sports. Sport, I was a four-sport athlete my entire life. I'm a first-generation college student. The military and sports changed my life simply because I had discipline from that sports provided for me my mom probably would have killed me if I didn't have straight A's and B's uh, because, you know, she she was like, you're not going to be a statistic. You're not going to be like your cousins and your uncles and stuff like that. You're going to get out. And so education was was huge for my mom and, and still is. And so I had the discipline to stay on my grades. And then they wanted me to channel all that stuff through sports to keep me from, you know, rolling with the wrong crowds. And so had I not had that and had I not had that discipline and learning what it means to get your toes on the line and stand in a straight line, and 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 all the things that sports teach us how to be a man and how to be responsible and and all those kinds of things, it might have impacted my military career, right? Because I got guys right now that they're they're messing up because they don't know how to show up to work on time, they can't wear the uniform right, and they can't you know keep their haircut or pay their bills on time. I learned that. When I was seven years old playing for the Boys and Girls Club in, in Snyder, Texas, back in whatever, 1991 or whatever that, whatever year it was. You know what I mean? My coach blew the whistle. It was straight lines. And if it wasn't straight lines, we were doing up-downs. So I learned real quick, this is what it takes to be successful. This is what it takes to stay in line and, and, and trust the process and get on. I learned that as six-year-old. Why? Because of football and because of basketball and baseball and track and soccer. I was a big, I was a big soccer guy from like age nine to 11, like just always oh, travel soccer all over the place. And so now here we are and we're possibly losing that or possibly not, you know, providing that opportunity for some of these kids. And so the impacts that, that football has had on my life, has had on my career that it's going to have into my future career, um, is significant and uh, it shaped me for who I am. I wouldn't be here talking with you guys um, and representing the things that I'm trying to represent um, if I didn't have that. Sports gave that to me. Um, I carry myself and and, and try to you know, put that on my kids uh, from the things that I've learned um, that the game has given me um, and the discipline. I still do it every single day, man. There's sometimes people like, what? why do you only get like three, four hours of sleep? Why do you, why do you do that? Because I love the game, like the game of life. When I'm in the weight room, be like, why are you working at 35 years old? You're an old man, just hang it up. You, you know, you're not going to put no pads on anytime soon. It's just like, cause I'm, I'm still training for life. I still want to push myself through adversity. I still want it's instilled in me. It's all I've ever known is, is work hard, trust the process and good things will happen to you and come to you. And I, where did I get that? I got that through sports and I got that through football and everything that the game and all these sports teach us. And so if we take that away from these kids, 2021, 2022, this, you know, depending on how long this thing goes, um, we're going to lose that. And it's going to impact our society for years to come. And, and that's, that's just not a good thing moving forward. So we have a responsibility of, of trying to limit those, those issues that could potentially happen and and trying to keep our kids and give them the best opportunity to be successful. Perfect.
0: Yeah, I think that's all we got for Coach Bates and Coach triangle from Skyline High School and Vacaville Christian, respectively. Thank you again for these two guys for coming on, for coming on the West Coast podcast once again. Be sure to follow these guys on Twitter. Follow us on social media, West Coast Preps Underscore, subscribe to our newsletter. Check out our YouTube page, subscribe there, and follow all of our work at westcoastpreps.com.